this is Base Layer, brought to you by Arca. I'm your host, David Nage. This is Base Layer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. Welcome back to Base Layer. This is David, and this is your new episode with Itamar from Argent. Argent is a project I've been hearing from a lot of people on crypto and digital assets. And so I kind of jokingly said, if you hear from one person who you respect, you think that there's something there. When you hear from 10 people, you definitely think that there's something there. When you hear from more than 10 people, you really, really start to think that there's something there. A lot of people I've been hearing talk about Argent, and that's because they are addressing this issue with user experience and user interface, especially as regards to wallets. And so Argent combines the security features of the best modern banking apps with unique blockchain-based capabilities. And so we discussed some of the things that they do, including potentially freezing. So as we're used to in traditional worlds of credit cards, if you have an issue with something that you've bought or if you have some nefarious affair happen and you can call your bank and they can basically freeze your account, you can't really do those types of things within digital assets. If you buy something and it's faulty, you can't necessarily get your money back. And I'm not necessarily saying that you can do that with Argent, but these are some of the things that they're trying to address. They're trying to make this more usable. They're trying to make this a little bit more the way that we're used to in the real world. And so they're talking about this use of what they call guardians. Guardians are people around you to basically help you with security features. Um, They use a little more of the traditional 2FA, multi-sig type of approach as well. But I think what they're doing, especially in regards to DeFi, and so there is an interplay with this whole world of DeFi that they're also incorporating into the wallet that I think is really interesting. So this is a great episode. You're going to learn a lot about uh, what Arjun is doing as it relates to the kind of the 2.0 of wallets in crypto and digital assets. And so remember, nothing on base layer is investment advice. So please do your own research. And on the flip side, you're going to hear the great conversation I had with Edmar from Argent. Enjoy. This is David, and this is your new episode of Base Layer. Really excited about this. I have Itamar from Argent with us today. How are you? I'm great, David. Thanks for having me. So when one person tells me to speak to a project, a company in the space, I obviously, depending on who it is, I'll obviously say, well, yeah, I should probably talk to them. When three people say it, and then I sort of say, okay, well, maybe there really is something there I got to do with it. When 10 people um, when 15 people, when 20 people say this is something that you really got to pay attention to, obviously I am trying not to miss the boat. And so hopefully we will have a great conversation with Itamar about what Argent is. Lots of people are talking about what you guys have been building. And what we're going to be talking about is effectively wallets. Um, if anyone who has obviously been engaged with crypto knows that wallets are not fun, <laughs> it's not something that you smile about and you have joy in. Um, And there's a lot of reasons why that is. But the folks at Argent have been effectively creating mechanisms to make it much more simple, much more kind of practical, if you will. And so really looking forward to this. So Argent, if you could, if, Itamar, if you could, you know, what I'd like to do on the show is give people a little bit of a background on you, you know, as a co-founder, what did you do before Arjun? I know you were a successful past founder of uh, Peak and a few other different projects in the past. So 
build a little bit of a foundation for us. What did you do before uh, Argent? And then we're going to talk about Argent and talk about what you guys are doing there, why everyone's so excited about you guys and what the future is. Sounds great. So starting with my background, um, I'm an engineer. I've worked in tech for many years. I was an early product manager at Amazon, launching new product lines there. I've worked in payment at Visa. And then I've had several startups. The last one, as you mentioned, was Peak. We were the largest mobile brain training uh, application with 60 million users and running a very large subscription business. And we sold that uh, two and a half years ago. Uh, which is when I transitioned to to crypto. And so what we like to do is a lot of people on other shows talk about the origin story. They talk about the white paper. They talk about seeing mass distortions in our economic systems and that something within the white paper resonated and then they went full boat into this. So I don't necessarily like to do that. I like to focus on the what. What about the technology? What about the innovation within blockchains um, really kind of resonated to you? What really said, okay, this is what I've been doing b- before and this is where I want to pivot now? So for me, the defining moment was simply making a, a payment using uh, ETH um, a while ago. And the ability to, simply the ability to move assets the way you move information. So uh, when I think about my background, I've been in you know, working on web services for a while. I've also worked at payment at Visa. And so for the first time, I could see how a native payment layer could be added to the web and just felt like probably the biggest evolution uh, that I would see uh, in terms of tech and the web in my lifetime. Interesting. So give us a little bit of uh, a background on Arjun. As I said, we're going to be talking a lot about the underlying kind of dynamics of it and what makes it so special and what everyone's talking about. But give us, for the people out there that may just be waking up to crypto, maybe they have a Coinbase account and they've just started to buy some Bitcoin or they have one of the wallets out there, the hot wallets out there. Talk to us a little bit about what Arjun is and kind of the mission statement. And then we're going to go into kind of some of the problems that you effectively are trying to solve. Sure. So, now, Arjun is there to, I would say, abstract all the complexity of crypto while staying non-custodial. Uh, we have a simple mission, making sure that you know, a billion people with a, a phone in their pocket can suddenly have access uh, to what would look like a bank account and would be able to manage their, their assets, their identity, and their data. Uh, so open finance is obviously a very big topic for us, and we're very active in that space to start or DeFi. Uh, but then it extends to the whole uh, Web3 uh, element and uh, managing your identity. And, and what we have done with our technology is really um, recreating an experience that users, we believe a billion people could use and understand. Um, and so the experience of Arjun in some way could feel similar to the one uh, that you might have with your bank, but in a way that is fully non-custodial. So you are fully in control. Uh, of your assets and and your identity. So Arjun is the most secure wallet uh, off of your website. That's what you guys state. It combines the security features of the best modern banking apps with unique blockchain-based capabilities. So let's talk about the state of the state of crypto wallets. So as we've seen the ecosystem grow and more people are getting involved with it, 
Um, let's talk about that right now. Let's, so we, you know, in the years before we had things like paper wallets, we then had hot wallets, then we had cold storage. Now we're seeing amalgamations of hot and cold storage. We're seeing new different things with, you know, USB sticks and in the forms of, you know, ledger nanos and treasures. Talk to us about the state of the state of crypto wallets. Where, where are we right now in the maturation um, and then let's talk about some of the specific features that Arjun is, is uh, going to be is, is offering uh, people right now. So let's talk about the state of the state right now. Give us a little bit of the state of what, what crypto wallets look like these days and possibly maybe an evolution of where they've been over the last few years. So, you know, if you if you look at the, at the landscape today, um, I would say there are two large categories um, of wallets. You can use a fully custodian solution. So you put your money somewhere, your assets somewhere, and you trust that person, that entity to hold your assets. And when you want to use your assets, you need to ask permission to that entity. Uh, that come with constraint, that come with, um, with some quite high risk because you suddenly have an exchange that holds uh, a very large amount of crypto and that's a target uh, for hackers, I would say. So this is these are usually quite simple solutions uh, because you simply give custody of your assets to this large centralized entity. Uh, then the other route was you own you own your private key, you manage your private key. So that can be done through specialized hardware uh, like um, what we call a hardware wallet, or that can be done through software, whether it's a desktop or a mobile app. And what they all have in common when you manage your private key, the first thing you will do is to back up your private key on a piece of paper. So you will write 12 to 24 words, what we call your seed phrase. And that piece of paper is the only backup you have to access your funds. So if someone sees or has access to that piece of paper, they have all your assets. If you lose your device and that piece of paper, you have lost uh, all your assets. Um, so I would say that's a very... Uh, basic way I would segment uh, the market today. And Arjun came with a totally new way of, of, of managing and, and storing your crypto. Or I would say we are part of a generation of wallets uh, that have a, a new type of model. So let's talk about the main feature or one of the main features, the Guardian. Um, I actually like that name, by the way. So everyone in crypto comes up with weird names for oracles and you know different types of you know names for their proof of stake hierarchy. And Guardian is nice. I like it. it sounds good. Um, so if your credit card gets lost or stolen, you call your bank. Um, and depending on the bank, obviously you can have a very nice experience or a very kind of unfriendly experience. And we've seen more and more unfriendly experiences these days. Some banks also let you freeze your card. So Argent is similar, but instead of your bank, you use Guardians, as I mentioned, and uh, that is your personal circle of trust. So give us a breakdown of Guardians, and then I want to talk about this freezing of, uh, of your account, because relative to other wallets out there, I have not seen that. But first, let's talk about Guardians. What are Guardians? How did you come up with that notion? And really, what makes it special relative to other wallets? So you, your parallel with the bank, I think, is a very good one. We, we've thought about the experience we're used to. We have a wallet in our pocket with a card. It gets stolen. I call my bank. I ask them, please freeze my card and send me a new one. We have built the exact same experience with what we call guardians. Mm 
uh, with a, one difference is you, as a user, you decide who or what uh, entity or device you will trust. So you're in control. But the experience is very similar. So a guardian can really be any Ethereum address. We we build few specific solutions and more can be built in the future. It's totally open. But so today in the Arjun app, you would be able to say, I want uh, to pick people that I trust. So that's the use case you mentioned as a circle of trust. So you can pick one, two, three, five, uh, and any number of family members, friends, colleagues. So if you work in um, an investment firm or family office, you might want three different people in the same office uh, to each be guardian, uh, guardians of the wallet. But you don't have to trust uh, another person. You can simply yourself be your own guardians with other devices. So if you have millions of dollars, you could have three hardware wallets and use these three hardware wallets as guardians. Or you can simply trust an entity. So you can trust Arjun with the Arjun Guard service to be um, to be your guardian. What's important is that this guardian person, device, entity does not have access to your funds. They do not have your private key. They don't have a, a split of your key. You just authorize them. You tell your wallet, I authorize these people to trigger um, security-related actions. So they can... Typically, the two important things, once it frees your wallet, so you call your guardian literally on the phone if it's a person, or you go take your other wallet, or you interact with Arjun, and you decide to freeze your wallet so that no one can use it uh, for a certain period of five days. Um, or you ask your guardian to start a recovery so that you get back access to your wallet. You maybe had lost your phone, uh, or it was stolen, you reinstall the app, and you get back access. And if you have several guardians, you would simply need a majority of the guardian to authorize that recovery uh, procedure. So why do you think, I again, you know, as regards to guardians, so the, the family and friends, I have not seen anyone else do that. I've seen the multi-sig. I've seen, you know, some of those, you know, the hardware, obviously, with 2FA, um, I have not seen this other kind of social network there. I call it this, you know, this group of trusted people around you that could also help you with that. Why do you think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, are you the only ones that do that? And why do you think you are the only ones that are doing that right now? So I do believe, um, I do believe we're the only one to do it that way. Um, so the reason I say we're part of a new family uh, of wallets is because you, you could put a multi-sig a bit in the same category. The difference is that you would need two out of three signature or two out of five for every transaction. Um, it's not be done just for uh, for recovery. Um, the reason we're the only one to do it, I, I don't know. Um, you know. It's not. I don't think we are the first uh, the first one to come with the idea. I think Vitalik tweeted about it probably a year before we even started. Mm -hmm. uh, he has been mentioning, I think that part has been calling it something like social recovery. Uh, so, you know, what we did is really, uh, it's an evolution of multi-sig, but with a very strong customer focus where you don't need that multi-signature for every transaction. So we have a system of daily limit. You can send a bit of money every day. If you send a large amount to an address you don't trust, it would take 24 hours, but you can still do it without the other signature. 
Um, and so you really use these multiple signatures, these, these guardians, uh, in case of problem for recovery. And so what role does a smart contract have within Argent? So think about the smart contract almost as your um, uh, your vault. It, it, this is the actual wallet. Your funds are not uh, on the private key. So you have a private key in your phone, which is the remote control of your wallet, which is a smart contract. And that's really the starting point uh, that allows us to abstract all the complexity to create this feature. We can put logic such as Guardian, uh, guardians within the smart contract, uh, all the logic of recovery. So all the security uh, of Arjun is really embedded at smart contract level. So we cannot tamper uh, with it. The user or even ourselves uh, wouldn't be able to, to tamper with the security model. And with regards to governance of some, you know, or disputes, if there is a dispute, you know, if funds were sent or someone was not supposed to send the funds or someone feels that the funds left their wallet by mistake, something happens and someone's not happy. Who do they speak to? So once a transaction happens, it's really um, happening at the blockchain layer uh, with the immut immutability that comes with, with blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, so we have built the technology to make sure this kind of problem doesn't happen. Uh, and we have a customer support, we talk to users, we've never faced that problem. Uh, but the reality is that once the payment happens, it's quite immutable. We are, we are thinking about solution uh, around that. Uh, but that would take much more time for things like payment reversal. You would, and mimicking the experience you would have with a merchant today and being able to, um, to do a chargeback on the card payment. But what we've been is really making sure these issues don't come up like a typo today in crypto, you put, you do a typo on your key, you change a character on the address, and it's very likely that you will lose these funds forever. So not only Arjun gives a, a username to everyone, so you can move money just to a name, you could be david.argent, um, but also if it's an address you haven't whitelisted, if you haven't trusted that address, uh, the payment would take 24 hours. So what a lot of our users do is they would send uh, one dollar to that address, it works fine, and therefore they whitelist the address. And so they know that as long as they can send a very large amount, it can only go to that address. If something is messed up, it wouldn't go through because the smart contract would stop the transaction. Right. I think what you know, some of the the evolutionary thinking that we have to obviously uh, attack with people that are coming into the system is that. It is not, you know, as you may use a credit card, and I was just overseas, and I, I'm just giving a real-world example. I am a big Eden Hazard fan. He plays football. He is uh, now on Real Madrid, and we were in Spain, and I bought a jersey, and the jersey was not to my liking. It's not what I asked for, and, you know, it was on my credit card, and, you know, they the... The merchant didn't want to, you know, do anything. They got into a fight with me, and they said a bunch of nasty words to me in Spanish, which I didn't necessarily understand. But you know, I call my credit card company, and I say, "Well, you know what? This is the this is false. I, I did not want this this article. I did not want this piece of merchandise. You know, put a cancel on the on the on the transaction." That does not necessarily jive with the way things happen within crypto, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, you're, you're totally right, and I'll, that's also why that's maybe one of the reasons I I don't think we're there yet into uh, replacing uh, commerce e-commerce transaction because while many people 
see the potential reversal of payment uh, in the traditional system as an issue, while in crypto you get full immutability, um, I actually think this ability to go to your card provide issuer um, request a chargeback is uh, is what has enabled commerce and e-commerce to thrive. Uh, that's what has enabled people uh, to start putting the card details online and 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 shop online. Um, however, we also have to realize the flip side. The, one of the reasons it was needed is because cards are extremely insecure. Or if they were extremely insecure at the time, you were writing digits on a website. Um, you know, at, at the very beginning, SSL was not even there. Uh, Anyone seeing that card number and you, you give your card details to a, in, a sh in a restaurant to someone, they can copy your, uh, your, your card details. So it was extremely easy for anyone to trigger a transaction. Um, if you start thinking about e-commerce and crypto, uh, you have much more control and a much stronger ability to ensure the fraud is, is much closer to zero. Um, and that also opens more opportunity to lower the cost to merchant. At the end, the chargeback is a cost. The The reason why um, merchants pay uh, quite high interchange, one of the reasons is accounting for fraud and for chargeback. If you lower fraud and chargeback, then you are uh, decreasing the cost of payment. Right. And so in legacy systems, you know, if you're using a card or if you're, you know, obviously using uh, kind of electronic payments, there is usually obviously the middleman or woman or whatever we want to call it these days, the entity in the middle that verifies both sides of the ledger. And with decentralized systems, everyone is supposed to have a copy of the ledger so they can obviously verify at the same time. They can obviously work to do that very fast. So what is the, you know, kind of the model? So we know that there are smart contracts involved with Argent. What is the kind of the consensus? Are you guys, I know obviously it's with Ethereum, you know, is, you know, with Ethereum moving from proof of work to proof of stake, is that also how you're going to migrate to? So we are fully built on top of Ethereum infrastructure. So we inherit from everything, from the performance of Ethereum, the security of Ethereum. So once Ethereum moved to proof of stake, uh, naturally Arjun will be uh, will be doing the migration. So migrating to APS 2.0 is something we would, we would definitely do. Got it. Um, and so, you know, I, I think just in general, you know, one of the things that I'd like to kind of, you know, I think another thing that, you know, maybe people can understand is what assets, what digital assets can actually be used on Argent today? Is it with some of the wallets, some of the wallets don't support all of the different crypto assets. And, you know, personally, I don't think that they should because some of them shouldn't even exist, but Regardless of that personal opinion, um, you know, there are ones that support Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and, you know, a host of other ones. What does Argent support today? And is there a roadmap going forward to other ones? So right now we're extremely focused on, uh, on Ethereum. And mm -hmm. the reason is because it's the main programmatic blockchain. So where we are interested is really about assets that you can use uh, in a more programmatic environment, because therefore you can start creating new type of financial product and then at some point going outside of, of finance with with a broader web tree vision. Um, and so the use case, for example, of uh, lending protocols like Compound are really mostly possible on Ethereum rather than you wouldn't see them on, on Bitcoin, for example. And mm -hmm. so a massive use case we have now is people 
we do not know crypto. Uh, they are not. Uh, they haven't been in the space for years. They are simply putting a dollar into Argent in the form of Dai or USDC, and they push on the button, and suddenly they are earning eight, nine, ten percent interest. Uh, that way, with very little counterparty risk, but obviously other type of risk. Uh, and so that's really what what excites us about a long term vision, rather than just sitting on an asset. Uh, waiting for a 1,000x increase in value. Um, so if people want exposure to uh, Bitcoin in our gen, they would typically get that, uh, which is you know, a first step. It's not perfect. Uh, in the future, with potentially potential with TBTC, which is another type of, um, of Bitcoin asset of it on Ethereum, but there are ways basically to get exposure. Uh, but users would be much more active in Ethereum and DeFi, uh, DeFi space. So it sounds like Arjun is not just a wallet. It's going to be moving to more of a, almost a you know decentralized banking offering. I think that's a way to put it. Uh, I tend not to the bank, but I think that's, um, yeah, a decentralized banking offering, I think, is a, is a good way to, to put it. It's, it's really no different. If you're in the U.S., I mean, it's not different to join Arjun than to join Robinhood. You don't need to understand crypto. You don't write down the citrus on paper. You don't pay gas. You don't see anything related to gas. Uh, you don't even have to type complex addresses to send money. So it's really about offering something that feels much more like uh, something most users already understand. And so I, I wanted to also, uh, before we get a little bit more into you, just to get a sense of what kind of inspires you, I, I, I saw this quote. It's from a little ways away about a year ago, which obviously in crypto is 10 years, but you know, I think it's still relevant. So we challenged the challenge we set ourselves was to offer the usability and security of great banking apps, but without the bank, we wanted the user, not us to be in control. And so I love that. Um, at what point in time, you know, people are using Argent, you know, how do you kind of dissect if they have a problem, if they get mad, at Argent, if they get mad at the app and they want to, you know, kind of yell at you or they want to yell at someone, you know, within the team, how do you kind of you know, kind of dissect that? Because at the end of the day, obviously, we're creating decentralized applications. You know, how do you kind of parse that out? Because at the end of the day, that is one of the mission statements. You want people to be in control. You don't want them to have an entity to be in control. So it's a good question. And it's, I think it's not an easy one. I think it's maybe... Maybe a bit of a mistake we're doing too often in crypto because it's decentralized and it's true in many cases there's not much uh, that can be done. So if you lost your private key, it's literally even with the best goodwill, there's nothing that can be done. In, uh, uh, in our case, there is, but I'm saying it's general. Uh, there are a lot of immutability, but and we tend to say then, okay, it's your problem. There's nothing I can do. You need to be uh, responsible. And while we give user control, we are there to help. We are still, you know, we, we are a very product-focused, user-focused company. Uh, they contact us. Uh, we have a customer support. Uh, it's often me behind that customer support, talking to every user that has a problem, and we are here to help. So we, you know, our view is let's build a technology that makes sure that they don't enter uh, into a scenario where... Uh, there is no more, nothing that can be done. Uh, of course, it can happen. You create a wallet, you do not add any guardians, or you remove all your guardians, and then you throw your funds uh, in the trash. You will have a problem. And me, 
a person or as a company, there will be nothing I'll be able to do. No one in the world would be able uh, to help you because you've got any private key in your gardens. But we make sure we build a product that makes it uh, close to impossible to make sure that even it's protecting the user from attack, but also protecting the user from themselves. They might not be experienced and they, they shouldn't have to be crypto expert to use that. So how do we make sure that the experience is so simple that what could look like a silly mistake won't happen? So that's really, uh, I would say, what we're doing every day, building the product that is so good uh, that such problem doesn't doesn't happen. But always there. People, we have an email that is support at argent.xyz. People contact us. We will help them on board if it's not clear enough. We will help them recover. Sometimes the first recovery, we've had large amount uh, going for recovery and sometimes the users would talk to us, would help them step by step because maybe the flow wasn't good enough at the, on, in the early days. It's totally fine. We are you know, people-centric company. Uh, and we make sure we help them going through that transition. Another thing that another quote, and again, this is from a little while ago, but I love it, is that the web is dominated by monopolies and middlemen. Cambridge Analytica and Equifax highlighted the damage that was doing to people. And, you know, I think we've seen that recently in the last two months. You know, Cap One was hacked for over 100 million uh, records. We've seen this time and time again. So I completely align with you on that. I think, you know, it's it sounded like that was one of the reasons why you found it ardent. And so I agree with that. And I agree with the kind of decentralization component of that. But one question I have lastly, and I, this is going to be a little bit of an oddball one, because not many people ask these questions to folks that are, you know, kind of founding companies and projects within crypto. But at the end of the day, to be sustainable and to continue offering your services and to grow your offerings and to do things more in DeFi and to offer, you know, more decentralized finance and kind of capabilities, that takes money. And so you need to have people, you know, at Argent who are kind of overseeing that. And you need to obviously hopefully pay each other and you have to have you know money to, you know, pay salaries and to have all sorts of things that, you know, people in normal companies not in crypto land have. So I know this is going to sound a little strange because not many people ask these questions, but at the end of the day, you know, how do you actually generate revenue? So I think the starting point is how do we pay the team and we can be very transparent. We raise uh, you know, money from institutional investors. We are a for-profit company and investors have a share in the company. Uh, we haven't put in place uh, monetization yet. I mean, if we get a little kickback when uh, when an exchange, a trade is made, uh, but it's still early days, so I wouldn't call that yet uh, generating revenue. Mm-hmm. We believe that if you, we believe cost uh, cost of transaction will go down over time. Um, you mentioned uh, merchant e-commerce. I think there will be uh, opportunity charge. I think we'll be in a world where we need to be very very transparent. So I really hope we all pay from uh, data models, so advertising, attention-led business model, rather be very upfront. And that could be upfront to users and maybe the premium subscription. If you would gold or Revolut Premium here in Europe, and you could tell you $5 or five diamonds, then suddenly you get access to uh, this feature transparent not all users would go for it but enough users would go for it so start uh, offering 
things to merchant. There's, of course, the whole world of DeFi, where you can start doing things like optimizing the user for take a cut. So we right. believe business um, are quite to test towards that for users. Yeah, as I said, it's an oddball question. It's not something that a lot of people ask, especially now. And I'm obviously very understanding that this is early. You know, you know, companies can't just you know turn on the revenue switch and start making money and being self-sustaining. Obviously, rounds, you know, funding rounds need to be had, and obviously, adoption needs to happen. And I think you've alluded to the fact in, in previous uh, quotes that adoption is slow, and so it has been slow because of one of the main problems that you are addressing that the user experience has been pretty bad um and so obviously with argent making the user experience that much better you know it's it's obviously your hope our hope my hope that you know obviously more people can start you know getting into the system having better off ramps and on ramps into this um and making a little bit more you know kind of the way that we're used to you know doing kind of transactions relative than having to write those 12 or 24 word seed, you know, kind of phrases on a piece of paper and praying to God that you don't have it, you know, lost or thrown in the garbage or having your kid kind of all of a sudden color it with, you know, permanent marker. Um, and so, you know, I definitely agree that, you know, we're early and, you know, I think though that we need to start thinking that, yeah, we need to make companies like Argent and others out there. We need to make them bigger. We need to have them successful and we need them to obviously, you know, keep the lights turning on so really you know it's been fun getting to know about argent and about what you've been able to create thus far i can't wait to start using it myself and so one of the things that we also like to do on the show is getting to know our guests a little bit more um and in crypto people are very well read hopefully you get to read things that are outside of the crypto box and so anything that you've read recently that resonated with you that kind of left you thinking or that you've talked to friends and family about and you're like wow this is a great book um and then music um any music that you listen to on a regular basis if you're working on code or if you're traveling music that really gets you going gets you inspired so books that you've read and music you listen to I think that's the curveball question, probably the harder, uh, the hardest. Um, <laughs> on, I, I would say on books, I would always have two or three very different books on my side table. I'm uh, weirdly jumping from one to the other. So usually, I would have a business one, uh, a less business one. Right now, I'm reading The Hard Thing About Hard Thing. Uh, but at the same time, I still have a chapter of Sapiens to finish, and I'm, and I'm reading uh, <laughs> uh, Pilgrim. Uh, I am pilgrim, so I can't tell you yet how good it will be. Um, so yeah, I tend to have business books time and then more uh, more relaxed, creative time, whether it's history or uh, or uh, novels. Yeah. Uh, on music, I'm just uh, getting on whatever Spotify throws at me. Uh, so I'm huge user of Spotify, uh, mostly uh, look, going through playlists that they trust me. Uh, it can be rock from the 70s or the 80s, can be French music. Uh, I'm the most diverse listener, I think. That's good. We like diversity. Um, and the last thing that we like to do is offering people the ability to find out more about Argent and getting involved, getting the wallet. How do they, how do people do that today? So, uh, this is where you go on our website, argent.xyz. Uh, you will see some information. You will find links to download on iOS and, and Android. 
And what we can also do uh, is give your your user, uh, your listener, a special link to skip the waitlist. So what they can do is they can go on argent.link slash defi, D-E-F-I. So argent.link slash D-E-F-I. And that will allow them to download the wallet uh, and get straight access to, to give it a try. Because right now there's a waitlist to get uh, into Argent. Amazing. And as I said, again, from the top of the hour of the show, when one person says something to me, I usually, obviously, depending on who it is, I will probably take it very seriously. When 10 people tell me something, I will obviously take it much more seriously. When 20 plus people tell me that this is something you really need to take a look at, obviously, you know, I'm really happy that we were able to have Edamar on and talk about Argent. You know, again, this is a you know this is a a problem of adoption that user interfaces and the experience up until recently has been pretty bad, um, and it has not been easy. You've had to really get to know more of the cryptographic technology and the underpinnings of seeds and lots of other different things, and with projects like Argent that are trying to make it easier and trying to make it more of a transition that we're used to. I think it's really potentially very, very catalytical to further adoption in this space. And so definitely download the wallet, play around with it. Um, I know I'm going to do that. And I know of a lot of other people who have been doing it. So I'm looking forward to doing it. And hopefully in a few months, we can catch up with you and see how things are progressing in Arjun. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, David, for having me. For more notes from this past episode about our guest, please go to www.ar.ca slash base layer. Nothing stated on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, which would require a thorough assessment of each investor's personal financial profile and risk tolerance. Statements regarding past performance are not necessarily indicative of future returns. If you like what you're listening to on base layer, let us know. Subscribe, give us a like, or hit us up on Twitter, Arca at Arca, or myself, David Nage at DavidJN79. Let us know, and we'd love to obviously hear from you. For additional resources to help sophisticated listeners like yourself learn about the digital asset space and the financial terms you understand, please visit www.ar.ca for articles, marketing commentary, videos, and more.